fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It is the middle of the week. Hard to believe, man. It's Wednesday already. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. The hardest days of the week are done. Finito, they're over. Pat yourself on the back. You've made it so far this week but you may not make it a whole lot longer who knows i don't know if you've heard or not man covid back on the rise hospitalizations increasing across the nation we're probably all gonna die again here relatively soon we're all gonna die because of you man i was joking before we came on the ear house talking to everybody on the live stream about last night doing some heavy breath meditation some heavy breath works and holy cow uh it it got me there but i'm preparing myself if COVID's back, I need to boost my immunity. I need to boost up my um, tolerance to illnesses so that way we don't get sick again because apparently there's a new variant of COVID-19 known as the EG.5 that is putting people back in the hospital. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Lots to get to today. Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. On all of our stations, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show, it's great to have you along for the ride today. John O'Connor, we've had him on the program many times before, wonderful individual. He is the author of the book Postgate, How Washington Post Betrayed the Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. He's also host of the podcast known as The Mysteries of Watergate. Yeah, he is one of the best when it comes to investigating investigations that are ongoing and how corrupt a government may be. We have him on. We'll talk about the Biden ind- or the Trump indictments, the Biden investigations, the lack of Biden indi- indictments right now, the Hunter Biden whistleblowers, and a heck of a lot more. Uh, we'll do that coming up at the bottom of the hour. What's the latest and greatest on will we see any type of charges go up against the Biden family? Will we see impeachment uh, charges being filed against Joe Biden from President of the United States, even after Mitch McConnell said that he did not advocate for the House to be uh, presenting articles of impeachment at all. So let's talk about and where the Republican Party stands on corruption going on in Washington, D.C. But make sure you panic because, good golly, there's a new pandemic coming up right around the corner. Hospitalizations going back up. That new push. I'm telling you, revenue's going down for the pharmaceutical industry. They're not getting enough people to get their vaccinations for their 18th booster. So now for we need to put people back in their homes And we need to force another one and scare you into going and getting another jab across the nation, which uh, is a little bit of a teaser for you next week. We've never done this on the program before. In the eight plus years we've had this radio show, we've never done what I'm going to try to do next week. And we'll see how it goes. But next week and moving forward, we may have this uh, in different flavors. But we are going to do a themed now, not the entire show, obviously, but we're going to have themed guests throughout the entire week. As we do our salute. We're all going to die because of you. To health. (laughs) So every day next week, we will have a different doctor talking about a different form of health between getting kids uh, ready to go back to school, to mental health issues, to even transgender issues, to COVID and vaccine issues. We'll talk with a different doctor every week next week or every day next week with our week long salute to health as we focus on kind of a week long topic. Now, obviously, we'll talk about other things as well, but our guests throughout next week will be different types of healthcare advocates or doctors in some way, shape or form. 
to discuss health-related issues. And if this goes well and if people enjoy our topical-flavored shows next week, we may continue it on with different topics as well, moving forward with our guests as a week-long tribute to a certain topical issue. Wouldn't that be nice? Actually trying to educate you, give you the tools in the arson to talk about it, maybe expand your cranium just a little bit so you can ponder the certain issues that are ongoing. Speaking of, let's do a quick recap of what happened yesterday. What's trending today? And not a very good turnout when it comes to the Ohio issue number one that we've talked about the last couple of days. A 57 to 43% shutdown of rejecting that uh, issue number one in Ohio that would raise the minimum percent of support to pass a constitutional amendment or to alter the state constitution in some way, shape, or form. That one um, being shut down pretty dramatically last night. Uh, by almost the threshold that they want to be able to pass it at all with a 57 to 43 vote in the state of Ohio. What does that mean? That means that Republicans just didn't turn out. Or maybe they did and Democrats just overwhelmed it because Democrats hyped it up and used it as a social program issue that do not pass this because we need that 51% mobster democracy rule for us to be able to advocate for our socialist agenda that includes what they're talking about right now, which is the LGBTQ issues, the abortion issues, the social issues that are really important to Democrat mobsters. And they did that in a massive fashion with an off-season election with 700,000 early votes being cast either in person or by mail. And in total yesterday with uh, voter turnout showing up between early voting and the day of, over 3 million total votes cast across the state of Ohio. That's pretty impressive for an off-season election when that's not usually the case. But what does that tell you? When we have a massive 3 million-plus person voter turnout on an off-season election for a particular issue and it gets shut down by a 57 to 43% margin. I got to admit that between that vote in Ohio, between the shakiness of the state Republican Party in the state of Kansas, where I'm coming from with our flagship radio station, I have to admit that I'm starting to get a little bit concerned of the state of the Republican Party going into the presidential elections for 2024. The Dems are fired up right now. They have their platform, which is, of course, social programs, and it is social issues that includes the LGBTQ, that includes abortion issues, that includes gun control, that includes the socialization, the centralization of power on many programs, and they're using it in the fashion, like we just heard from the governor of Kentucky a couple of days ago, of trying to play to the moderate Republicans of saying, we're here for infrastructure upgrades. We're here to take care of you. We're here to try and do the clean water initiatives. We're here to do all this other stuff through Republican Party voters winning them over with Democrat progressive socialist government controlled agendas. And apparently it's working with the Democrat base So they already have their stronghold base within the party. Now they're trying to appeal to the Republicans as well. I think that's a little bit of a cause for concern for us, is it not? Because if the Democrats use this as their platform, abortion and the LGBTQ or transgender issues or just even Donald Trump in general, what do the Republicans have to counter it? And what are Republicans going to use as their platform when right now we can't get people out to the polls like we saw in the state of Ohio? Maybe a lot of Republicans turned out and they just didn't like the issue. And maybe they are a little bit more on the uh, moderate side of things like the John Kasichs and other Republicans that went out against it, that issue number one. But I would think that the majority of the Republicans being presented by their secretary of state and by a Republican legislature in the state of Ohio, that the majority of Republicans saw this as an opportunity 
to get more aligned with other states that have a 60% threshold to alter their constitution and to try and preserve the freedom, knowing that it is becoming a very purple state that's slowly leaning to the left and they have to act now. But when we saw yesterday and saw the reports of many Republicans at the county level saying, yeah, Democrats are turning out in droves for this one. They're really scared. If that's the case, is that going to bleed over into the 2024 presidential election next year? And if that is the case, then who's going to lead that front to counter that on the Republican side other than Donald Trump? And we can talk about Trump in a minute here because right now that is the focal point for them as well, including those on the moderate side pretending to be Republican Going on different TV outlets like CNN, which if you're a Republican going on CNN, I question your Republican-isms. But a former federal judge, Michael Ludig, 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 as I hear pronounce his name, was on CNN talking about how the Republican Party's gone. And it's all because of those evil, right-wing, radical Donald Trump MAGA supporters. The former president has uh, continued to insist and persist in his false claim that uh, he had won the 2020 presidential election and that it was stolen from him and his republican allies and the republican party have joined him uh, in that persistent claim to this day so for the two and a half years since january 6 uh, these false claims have corrupted american democracy they've corrupted american elections uh, and they've corrupted uh, the uh, perception of the American people uh, in America herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, This must come to a conclusion, and the trials trials of the former president now will become, uh, together with the events of January 6th. Yeah, the Republican Party's gone. They've been corrupted. The entire Republican Party has been corrupted under Donald Trump, and therefore we need to remove that. This is, I mean, obviously this is a very rhino, moderate, faux Republican that doesn't hold any, I'm sure, any Republican values and just is one of those, of course, never Trumpers. But at the same time, if this is the mindset that's going out again to the entire populace, not just within the Republican Party where we can look at it, we can laugh at it and be like, ha you don't know what you're talking about, move on with our conservative agenda and with a conservative populist like Donald Trump that's going in to overturn the tables against the establishment in Washington, D.C., or at least that's what he says he wants to do. Had a hard time doing it the, pre- the first term. I don't know if he'd be able to do it again the second term. I don't know. But with Donald Trump having overwhelming support within the Republican Party right now, The question is, if these guys get their way, then who is up there to hold that mantle and to change the party to whatever they want it to? And what do they want to change it to, for that matter? I mean, I get it. Donald Trump's not a conservative. Totally understand. He had some more spending. And I'm saying before COVID-19 actually happened, he had increase in spending in the government. Um, He was there just to make a deal as the populist that he was. And he had some ideas that were good. He had some ideas that were bad. I did not like his... Uh, big stick mentality when it comes to the uh, trying to punish the auto industry for sending out manufacturing overseas. We need to use the carrot and not the stick sort of mentality. We need to initiate initiate and give them initiatives for them to actually build manufacturing plants here in the United States and keep American workers by pushing back against the unions that are dominating that type of industry as opposed to just saying, we're going to put a 35% tax on any vehicle that gets built across seas and then gets imported into the United States from Mexico or from other places. 
we have to do it a little bit different way. Did not like that agenda at all from Donald Trump. At the same time, right now, he's still got a vast majority of support within the Republican Party. But outside of the Republican Party, he's still coming in very low on the pop- on the popularity polls. And if that is the messaging of the Republican Party, then what exactly is that? Because the Democrats have their platform. They have their social issues. They have their centralization of power. And they play to that card very, very well by using the tactic of the Kentucky governor, for example, of where the moderates were here to win over the new Republicans. We need to hold hands and sing kumbaya. We need to move forward. And they use that mantra while we have the socialist AOCs, Bernie Sanders, you know, radicals in the background there that are promoting their agenda without us actually knowing, going back to the way they used to run. The Republican Party's in shambles. State of Kansas has less than $5,000 in their state coffers for the state Republican Party as a statewide party. The Republicans in Ohio apparently either are divided on an issue on trying to secure their constitution or they didn't show up and Democrats came out in groves with over 3 million people showing up to the polls last night and winning almost by 60-40 domination against issue number one. Are Republicans prepared for next year? Are Republicans prepared for even this year, for the local races, for the for the city council, or for mayor, or for whatever else, are they ready? Are we doing anything to get ourselves? Because the Democrats, while they're in shambles with their policies destroying themselves, for some reason, seems to have a lot of the momentum going into the elections for next year and even for this year, which kind of bothers me. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, reason, common sense, rationale, that's what it's all about. Welcome into the program. 24 minutes past the hour, radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or hang out with us. We always love you to death. I don't mean to bring the, all the doom and gloom for you today, but to put things into perspective, I don't want to be one of those fighters, for example, in like the UFC who can talk the hype up and talk the talk and then builds everybody up and thinks that we're just going to walk in there, just dominate the thing. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. It's going to be bigly. And then all of a sudden they get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> like, Kind of a bust. Kind of a letdown. We can't allow that to happen. The Republican Party, I'm, I'm starting to think that we're starting to take the mindset of Mitch McConnell and like to be the loud, outspoken minority to complain about what we can't do because we don't have the power, but not allow ourselves to get into the position of power to actually do anything about it. We'd rather be the ones complaining about it as opposed to doing something about it. I would think Democrats would be the one doing that because they're completely inorganized. They don't invest in their local parties at the statewide levels. They don't do any grassroots campaigning. They use the media for their platform to try and brainwash people into getting their vote. And then they try to appeal to the younger generation through the higher education and the K-12 system. They don't need a whole lot of campaigning. They don't need to win new people over because they have a trough of people to feed from uh, when it comes to the low information voter that does not pay attention to the current events. And we saw a prime example of that just a few days ago, watching the polls on the latest popularity from the public officials, where we're kind of all over the place. We have no clue what the hell's going on. Another prime example of that, there was a poll that came out just today. It came out today, according to Rasmussen reports saying that by a significant margin, 
More voters across the nation trust the Democrat Party and Democrats overall on health care issues than Republicans. Oh, yes. According to the latest report from Rasmussen, National Telephone and Online Survey finds that 46% of likely U.S. voters trust Democrats more to handle their health care as opposed to 38% from Republicans. Now, I want to put this into perspective. By the way, 16% was unsure. I want to put that into perspective for you for just a moment. We have one of the worst now, unfortunately, one of the worst health care systems across in the world where prior to Obamacare compared to now, We've doubled and tripled deductibles. We've doubled and tripled premiums, which means now we have to pay more on a monthly basis just to have insurance, which is way too expensive for most American families. Then when we do have to use it, then we have to pay more out of our own pocket before it even starts to kick in. Then when we do finally hit that deductible and we can start having it taking take hold, then they still are like, well, now we've changed what specialists you're allowed to go to, what pharmaceuticals you're allowed to have covered, and then we're going to just jack up the price on the pharmaceutical industry knowing that it's going to be covered by some degree by insurance. Doesn't matter. It's not coming out of your pocket. It's just going to come out of the insurance. Because so now we can jack it up and quadruple the price of the pharmaceutical pill, charge it on the insurance. The insurance is getting more money coming out that way. So guess what? Your premiums go up again. Your deductible goes up again. All of this madness started during Obamacare. Prior to Obamacare, we had some flaws in our system. But did you ever remember it being this expensive, this bad? The quality of healthcare being as low as it is now, more than it's ever been, I think, in the entire existence of this nation. And yet, through all of that, according to this poll, now again, take polls with a grain of salt. 46% of likely voters say that Democrats handle healthcare better than Republicans. What are we doing? Is a Republican Party. This is kind of the wake-up call, hopefully, for us is the wake-up message of how are we portraying ourselves? And as we ask what the Republican Party platform may actually be, is it going to be the negative? We need to focus on Joe Biden's corruption. We need to focus on how bad the economy is. We need to focus on the social issues and get down in the mud with them and square off against the Democrats based on how bad uh, LGBTQ issues are and defining what a man and woman are. Or are Democrats looking to take us down that road because they know they can beat us, sinking us down to that level and trying to beat us at our own game? Or... Do we take that high road and talk about a positive campaign on freedom, capitalism, opportunity for everyone, and yeah, how bad the economy is and what we can do to fix that economy? Because right now, I'm not hearing a whole lot of messaging at all from Republicans. Well, Democrats have the stronghold here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. What's up? Hanging out for the middle of the week here, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. It's always a pleasure to have you along for the ride, talking about the platform of the Republican Party Real quickly before we shift gears here, as we look at who's leading it, obviously Donald Trump having a vast support within the Republican Party still among Republican voters, still about two thirds of Republicans saying that they support Trump and the more indictments that he gets, the higher his support continues to go and his candidates as well. People that are wanting to do the same thing, overturn the tables in D.C., wanting to fight the establishment, wanting to get rid of the deep state. Uh, These are 
the uh, this is it seems like the messaging that the Republican Party has. And while we talk about economic issues, yeah, you know what? The Biden economy sucks. We very well know that Bidenomics is not working in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they have gone off the deep end trying to confuse us on what genders actually are, which should be a very simple, commonsensical uh, thing. But again, we live in a first world now where the where there are many that don't have a whole lot to build or fight for or create, so therefore they have to find issues, and they've created those first-world problems like, gee, I wonder what gender I am. Uh, it's a very weird world that we live in now. And the Republican Party's trying to find that platform, but with the major hit that they took in the state of Ohio near 60-40 vote, really it was 57-43 yesterday, uh, for that issue number one, Abortion rights advocates are praising it, saying that they now have the opportunity to change the state constitution in Ohio, and Democrats have won that, running on the platform that they are dominating the trust of the American voters on health care issues and that they're going to push those social issues, abortion included, and Republicans are scared to touch these things. I've said it before, there's a book called Reclaiming Conservatism that was written a few years back. I got it when I was in college, actually at the Conservative Political Action Conference, and they essentially said, Republicans, this is a losing war for you. Stay away from social issues and focus on economics. Don't go down the road of social issues because Democrats will beat you up, drag you down to their level, call you every name in the book, and they will dominate it. Stay away from it and focus on economics. And that's what we've done, and now we can see where we're at in the country because of that kind of mindset, because we don't know how to fight those battles. Speaking of... What's trending today? Let's shift gears just a little bit here and focus on something else, because while the indictments continue to rack up for the former president, Donald Trump, the latest coming with the January 6th things on how he's guilty of trying to sabotage Congress. I find it ironic that we're still seeing the indictments roll out with new court cases and filings against him every time that we get a new investigation piece or information or uh, intel on Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or the Biden family in general on what they're doing. And then these aren't the droids you're looking for. Go and use something else uh, to try and distract us, usually by going after Donald Trump. Is it working? And what's the latest on both of those accounts? Excited to have back on the program. It's been a while since we've had him on. He is the author of Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed, Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. He's also the host of the podcast, The Mysteries of Watergate, as well. One of the best investigative researchers on looking at corruption and what's going on in D.C., Mr. John O'Connor. John, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, it's good to have you back on the program. I've never seen, have you, I guess I have to ask you this, being the guy who's investigated Watergate probably more than anybody else, have you ever seen such corruption going on in Washington, D.C. in your life, and then we just ignore it and then create a fake conspiracy against somebody else so that way we don't have to address the real issue here? Well, that's why I wrote the book Postgate, because it all comes about from false media narratives. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Think about uh, Russiagate. Is that a false narrative? How, how did we get so excited over something that's so clearly untrue? It's because we have a media that's in the pocket of the progressives and, uh, and the power to hype these things like Russiagate is also the power to suppress. So when we have a president that looks suspiciously, and certainly there's probable cause or reasonable suspicion to investigate him for uh, outright bribery and corruption and and with our geopolitical rivals and on many of the media outlets it's kind of ho-hum it's just another 
wild MAGA thing where there's, quote, no evidence, unquote. So I put this so much into the category of dishonest media. Uh, that That's what this is really all about, and that's what we need to bust. Yeah, it is. It's troubling. I mean, we literally have video recordings. We have phone calls. We have text messages. We have IRS documents that have been released. We have all this information on the corruption of the Biden family, and the media will touch on it for a couple hours, do a quick headline on it, and then all of a sudden there's a new indictment saying that uh, Jack Smith's going to file charges against Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. or in Florida or somewhere else, and then it all goes away and we spend the next four days talking about that indictment. It's a very strange world. I've never seen this before. Well, it's with malice aforethought. There's a purpose to it, and you notice every time that there is stuff out about Biden, which people are trying to suppress, the media is trying to suppress, they are really helped by these indictments that just somehow seem to be uh, dropped into the uh, public domain right about the time there's a new revelation about Hunter Biden. So that's part of the game here. And it's a um, it's a war for our hearts and minds and souls. And unfortunately, the bad guys have control of the media. It is unfortunate. At least on a national level. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. They dominate that narrative. Do you think right now, based on what you've heard and what you've seen from the investigations on Hunter Biden, now that we find out that Joe Biden was on part of these phone calls overnight to uh, the Kremlin and to Russia, Ukraine and China and everywhere else, when he was on these calls, when he wasn't supposed to be, he had said he wasn't, that he had never done any business dealings or knew of any business dealings that his son Hunter had done. Now that we have all of this, is there enough evidence, in your opinion, for us to go after an impeachment or some type of prosecution against Joe Biden? Well, first of all, just breaking it down like a lawyer, there's probably not enough evidence to criminally convict him if there were such a venue available beyond a reasonable doubt. You can't prove that here. But can you prove a preponderance of the evidence, as you would in a civil case, that it's more likely than not that Joe Biden was corrupt? I think the evidence is there now. Uh, you know, you have to be silly. Was it just a, a mistake that Hunter opened up business in the same corrupt countries that Joe uh, willingly volunteered to be point man and willingly agreed to go to godforsaken places uh, on grueling plane flights for no profit? No. And then we know he got profit. We know at least his family members were paid, and we have the FD-1023 that says that he did get $5 million from Zlochevsky. So, and, and look, we know also that Hunter's getting paid. We know that Joe Biden is issuing policies that favor Hunter's clients. So, and we know that the corrupt people are not idiots, and they're not paying that money unless they were they thought that Hunter was delivering. Yeah. And by God, it looks like he did deliver. So, look, there's plenty of evidence out there. Now, should there be an impeachment? Probably not. Should there be an, and, and because it's number one, it's too close to the election. Number two, it has no chance of success. Number three, it's going to look like a political stunt. And that's the way the media will play this political stunt by the Republicans just to screw up the election. Uh, you know, of course, their indictments aren't political and st- stunts, but it, it probably is not a good idea to try to impeach them. It's never going to be successful. But an impeachment inquiry, as Kevin McCarthy is uh, talking about, makes a lot of sense because, you know, what the Congress does best is they 
put things in perspective. There have been some, over the years, there have been some really wonderful congressional hearings, whether it's about the labor racketeers in the past or the Watergate hearings, what have you. They're all pretty good for public uh, knowledge and so forth. And I think this would be the right thing to do is to have an impeachment inquiry. There's way too much here, and the people need to know about it. The facts are scattered all over the place, and we can put them all together in a nice narrative in the uh, in the hearings. Yeah. That is interesting you say, though, that you don't encourage actually going after an impeachment. You're absolutely right that the media would take it as just a political stunt right before an election. But wouldn't that get Republicans fired up enough for them to say at least Republicans are finally doing something? Because we were promised Clinton might uh, might be behind bars. We were promised that we would see a wiping out of some of these agencies that have been corrupt beyond belief for years and that we actually want to see finally someone pay for the debt that they've created based on the corruption that they've had. And maybe that would be a small sign of Republicans following through with something for the first time since I can really remember. Well, the problem is, is you don't want to uh, create an opportunity for the other guys and they're clearly going to win on the impeachment thing. And we have to remember that there was a tremendous backlash when Clinton got, uh, impeached, at least in certain quarters. I think the the independent voters that um, Republicans need to court, and everyone needs to court, yeah. uh, probably won't, many of them won't like it, and, uh, and, and, and it will sort of raise talking points for the left uh, on this thing. I think it is enough that there looks like there is a vigorous effort to investigate. I don't think people, and then look, if there's a clamoring for impeachment then, now that's something else. But right now you even, you don't even have a clamoring for impeachment. You have some people like you and me talking about impeachment and so forth. Yeah. But I, I do think that there's not yet this overwhelming public outcry for impeachment. And maybe the inquiry would do that. Um, uh, and, and the, and <laughs> The other thing is you got to be careful what you wish for. I mean, it's we're really, it's really such a delicate matter. In a certain sense, any conservative should want Biden to run because he's a guy we can beat. On the other hand, Biden running may end up spelling out two words that nobody wants to hear. Maybe this is three words. Vice President Harris is hmm. now made the two words our President Harris that we don't want to hear. That is very concerning as well. Yeah, we're talking with John O'Connor, author of the book Postgate, also host of the Mysteries of Watergate podcast as well. It's a fascinating take on it. You're right. We don't want that to continue for another four years. we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Trump's side of it with all the indictments and what's the latest with that investigation as well. Lots more coming up on The Voice Reason. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, how the time flies right on by. We are just about wrapped up for your midday, midweek celebration. I guess the middle of the day for some people as well. But your midweek celebration here on the program, we got lots more to get to. Always appreciate having a John O'Connor on the program. Love the conversation. He is author of the book, Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. You can also find his podcast, The Mysteries of Watergate, and check out that as well. John, let's shift gears a little bit from the Bidens to 
Donald Trump, obviously with the the big indictment that happened this last week or so uh, in the Washington, D.C. courts regarding January 6th and how Donald Trump could potentially, they were, I love how the media again was, he could face up to six lifetimes in prison with this if he ends up getting charged with all this. Uh, with a very radically progressive activist judge who's been very tough on many January Sixers, who is a donor and supporter of Obama and of the Bidens. And obviously we're going into this with a bias and Donald Trump almost already admitting that he's probably going to be charged with these and uh, how it could turn out bad for him. But what's your thoughts on this? Do they actually have a case here? Because the other ones we hear is like, well, there's 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 nothing here. You can't prove a motive on what he's trying to do on January 6th. Well, the January 6th indictment is based on the idea that Trump knew, underlying knew, that he lost. Mm. Well, yeah, we all know that he lost in terms of the recorded vote, but that's not the point. He thought he'd actually won. Now, is it easy to get a court to say yes? Is it easy to prove it? And, you know, do you have to call two million witnesses? Uh, yeah, that's why the courts do not like the challenges, because it's not really a matter to litigate. But did he feel? That he had won the election? Yes. And and does he have a free speech right? Uh, as a matter of fact, even if he thought he didn't win, does he have a free speech right to say what he wants? Does he have a right to petition the government for grievances? There's no more democratic activity than doing this and saying, hey, I think I won the election. Hey, I want to redress of my grievances because in a democracy, you're supposed to have fair elections. I don't think I had a fair one. So that's the problem with this. This indictment has uh, creates problems far beyond trump now can he get convicted yeah if the judge gives instructions uh uh in a certain way uh the you have this also this sort of bogus idea of the fake or false electors trump was simply proposing alternate electors nobody thought that these were the real electors that had been certified by the states there was basically admissions those weren't the ones that were actually certified the contention was simply that they shouldn't have been certified, that, that Trump really won. So this is a, 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 the irony of this is the charge is that Trump's trying to subvert democracy, <laughs> whereas, in fact, he's doing just the opposite. Even if people such as I think that his legal strategy was flawed, I think it was. But does he have a right to do it? Of course. People forget that Al Gore came up with a really silly claim. I think it was anti-Jewish uh, prejudice uh, and not counting votes in Broward County, which was uh, quickly, quickly, uh, you know, uh, contested and shown to be false. Yeah. And then he then he said the voting machines didn't count the chads right. Well, that was when they went to trial, and that was false, too. But that's not the point. Al Gore had every right to contest that election. It was a close election. He could have contested it. He owed it to his voters. I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with him making silly claims. That's his right. I may have problems with the silly claims, but it's not wrong to have a, a forum where somebody can make silly claims. Sure. So this whole thing is so harmful to our democracy, and it's like a Soviet show trial, this whole January 6th thing. I have serious reservations about the election, and now— and Congress is saying anything I say is the, quote, big lie, unquote. Well, wait a second. I don't think I'm lying. I think I'm a citizen that has really legitimate problems about the way this election was administered. Uh, the um, number, the percentages, Andy, of disqualified votes 
plummeted. They didn't increase as they should have because of all these new mail-in voters. The percentages of disqualified voters that you can kind of cite that are the same year in, year out in these places, now they plummet during this election. Why? Well, it's obvious. It's uh, it's a great question. Effort. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And it's a major red flag to me just when someone says you're not even allowed to talk about it or question the quote-unquote big lie. It is a big lie, and if you even mention it, then you are part of the problem. And that right there should be a red flag warning sign for everybody out there to be like, wait a second, if you're not even allowed to have a conversation about it, then something's a little fishy and that kind of directs you towards what you already think as well we're out of time my friend it's john o'connor go check it out postgatebook.com you can find the book you can find the podcast john it's always great to talk to you my friend so much great information we got to do it again real soon brother okay andy take care of yourself you as well always a pleasure we'll do it again soon with john o'connor that does it for us today again back at it again tomorrow for a thursday until then be your own voice of reason be that catalyst for change this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio 